Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Friday, December 16th. My name is P. You may know me online as Aston Cloud. I'm joined with my co-host, Jared, and we are doing Cornering the Market, our weekly episode covering everything you need to know, Gen Art. How are you today, Jared? Doing well. I'm taking the, the week off next week, riding into the holidays. Got lots of family coming, so super excited. Got uh, some Weath bids hitting for the fund this week. So overall, uh, it's feeling feeling good and like some of our uh, theories about uh, the market and opportunity are coming to fruition. That's right. It's exciting to see it all come to play. And uh, a lot going on, as always, every week, the gen art world. So we won't belabor the intro and we'll dive right in. Just really quickly, this is an audio only episode, but it will be up on YouTube. If you enjoy it, please like, subscribe, comment. It really helps us. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump in. So for these weekly episodes, we always start with the macro as that has an impact on everything. This week has been not so great for the macro economy in the sense that you know, uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve was a little bit aggressive in their language regarding how high they will uh, raise interest rates. So that spooked the market, certainly the equities market, and you know, by extension, Bitcoin and Ethereum. So at the time of this recording, Bitcoin is trading at $16,865. That is uh, down 2.1% from seven days ago. Ethereum got hit a lot harder, though. It's trading at right around $1,200, US down 6.2%. And Tezos, the other relevant one, is down 10%, Jared, 10%. In the last seven days. So it's trading at about 90 cents, US cents. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the macro, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It, it feels like every time crypto is bottomed, uh, something happens in the equities and, and brings us down a little bit. What what your thoughts uh, on this? How are you playing this, Jared? I feel like overall, it's like one step forward and two steps back, right? Tuesday, we got great employment, then it gets retraced back by 1.1 million jobs. So it feels like that. I still feel like with, uh, you know, the FTX stuff starting to unwind, SBF got arrested, didn't go to a hearing. Like, it's just, it feels like there's a, a lot of back and forth. So overall, I'm still USDC denominated. Uh, I'm waiting on the sidelines. I mean, even the fact that uh, Tezos is down to 0.9, it's inching closer to some of my targets. So I'm I'm optimistic long-term, but short-term, still waiting for conviction, uh, one direction or another. That's right. It, it feels like we're in a bottoming process. I don't know if we've hit those price bottoms yet, but you know, a bottoming process could take multiple months and uh, we'll have to see, especially with earnings coming out next week. I mean, sorry, next month, we'll have some uh, Q4 earnings for companies that could also have an impact. So just be cautious. Uh, really, if you have some capital, probably keep it on the sidelines, just as Jared was saying in USDC, um, you might be able to get art for cheaper. And if you're already uh, crypto denominated, then obviously you don't have to worry about that. And you can just go ahead and start buying some some art uh, once it gets to the right price. So looking at art prices, we will head over to NFT price floor, which we use to track some of our blue chip art. And 
in the last seven days, our top is uh, Chromie Squiggles, back on top. 25 sales in the last seven days, followed by Mind the Gap by Mount Vitruvius, which there's been a lot of sales on that. It's like moving. Uh, and Factura, 23 in the last seven days. Some of those may have been earlier in the week, as I don't think there have been as many sales lately. Um, but rounding out the top five is Anticyclones and Chimera, both art blocks, curated projects. And on the floor price front, the highest rise in floor price has been, well, it's been Unigrids, another art box curated. There's only one sale, so that might have been a bit of an anomaly. Um, so that's up to 19.5 Ether floor. Anticyclone is next. Uh, on an NFT price floor, it says 7.5, but I believe it's actually about 9.5. Uh, there may be just a, a random stolen one there. Um, so that's up quite a bit. And Century by Artbox, uh, sorry, Century, another art box curated, is at up 12 2.19. Jared, any thoughts on the, let's call it blue chip or Ethereum, uh, sort of higher end, higher price point Ethereum gen art? Well, the one one data point that I wanted to add to this is actually QQL. I have that on the ones that I track. It had 29 sales in the last seven days with 225 uh, ETH volume. So it's weird to, to see a surge in that. I don't know what it means. Just a, a data point, you know, floors down to 7.8. So it could be people tax loss harvesting, could be somebody stockpiling for late, but that, that was an interesting one. And to go to your, to your question, I'm, I'm really bullish on the, the long, the long-term potential for some of this amazing art. I mean, you're seeing, um, you're able to get floor plus pieces. I would call it maybe even better than for floor plus plus at floorish prices. I mean, a Fidenza just sold for 85 ETH. That's arguably better than than floor. I'm, you know, we're seeing a few things in different projects there. So I'm really, really excited about uh, potential acquisitions and being able to to capture that, uh, especially if you're your long term collector. Hundred percent. Should we jump over to the Squiggle update before FX Hash? Keep it on Ethereum. Yeah, the for Squiggles. Um, you mentioned it. There's 25 sales that represents 352 ETH in 7-day volume with a floor of 13.4 ETH. You know, it, it's really a, a function of quantity and especially because I would say a good portion of those are are ETH bids. And one thing I noticed is, you know, it's a good, good mix of opportunities. Something of note is Kevin Rose just... Uh, I will say floored his hyper, but it's a hyper. The floor of a hyper being 175 isn't really flooring anything, but you know that just came onto the market, which I found a very interesting play. But you know you're being able to pick up stuff at a, a discount. You know fuzzies are hitting 15 to 16 uh, weath bids. Uh, a couple pipes went, so you know a lot of uh, good opportunity if you're patient and you're putting in those bids, doing the hard work. Jared, uh, I also wanted to highlight one that sold a ribbed, a day zero rib number 495, because I, I was looking at this a few months ago. Uh, a little bit sad to see it sell, but I'm not surprised. 21 and a half ETH. Do you feel like from what you're seeing in the data or maybe even qualitatively that the ribs and slinkies and fuzzies are starting to pull away from the normals in a way that they hadn't before? Um, it feels like to me that a couple months ago, you know, a lot of things were at the floor, regardless of those types, you know, bolds and pipes always having a premium, but 
yeah, are you seeing any separation there, or is this par for the course? So fuzzies have taken a pretty. I don't know if uh, fuzzies seem to have taken off first. I mean, the the floor on those are roughly about fifty percent higher, which is which is up from the the historical average of like one point three. So yeah, those are taken off, and I'm starting to see slinkies they're they're struggling the most and then to your point uh the ribbed are taken off um i think highlighted by that day zero that it was a beautiful one too by by the way of a, a day zero but i think they're starting to see a little bit of separation i i think that the the slinkies and ribbed are not getting as much love but i mean to your point a few months ago you could pick up slinkies at the floor and you don't see that right now so there there is some upward momentum on them i wouldn't say uh substantial the fuzzies seem to have the most love these days right that makes sense awesome i love the squiggle updates man really appreciate that and uh we, we could probably do a whole episode on squiggles but we will we will digress uh fx hash what are you seeing over there fx hash is actually a really it has been really fun for me this week i think you have right now the seven day volume being led by a new project Artifice, you know, right now, as of today, it has 42.2 thousand Tez, but in a close second is Dragons in at 35,000 Tez. So, you know, I, I'm excited because you're starting to see a lot of people picking up on it. The, a couple people jumped the floor to pick up nice pieces. There was a, a Mario Kart that sold that was a little painful for me because it was absolutely stunning and I had a bid on it. And then you're seeing you know, and in third place is fragments of a wave. You know, I'm starting to look at that as like maybe possibly people front running the art blocks drop for Irian Bell. But more than that, um, you know, the typical mix of stuff. And uh, what's exciting here is just like we talked about on ETH, you know, there was a there's a contrapunto that was bought close to the floor that um, definitely wasn't a floor piece. So if you're prudent and monitoring the listings, I think that just like everything else, Tezos is presenting good opportunity. Yeah, and it, it does look like a lot of these collections are are starting to to move. And uh, Jared, I, I'm not sure if you knew about this, but you know they have some pretty good charts on FX Hash. I just recently found out about this. Uh, I, I forgot to tell you, um, but we'll tell you right now. Uh, so if you are on FX Hash, like go to Contrapuntos. And go to the marketplace. You'll see it defaults to everything that's listed, but you can see stats. And then you can choose your time period and see some numbers here. And I point this out specifically for Contrapuntos because if you look at the floor price, it jumped up from the sixth of November. It was down at about nine hundred tes, and it just jumped up to about sixteen, seventeen hundred tes now. So. Uh, certainly there's, uh, there's been some movement in these and, and these charts look pretty good for the well-regarded FX hash projects that have been around for a little while. And that's good for the listenership too. I think on a couple spaces we've been on, we've often heard a lot of people asking what, where do you go for Tez analytics? You know, I think everybody knows about Dune XYZ article, all that good stuff for ETH and they really struggle for you know, Tezos-based platforms, but a lot of data exists in FX hash. You just have to go poking around. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So those are the market updates. Let's hit some gen art news. I'm going to kick this one off by talking about DECA. DECA is, is making moves. They released something called Etch, which is really interesting. They talk about it as a new primitive for how we share NFTs. 
let me let me tell you what the mechanic is. So essentially, you you take an NFT that you own, and you can write some words on top of that, and <clears throat> generate an image. And that image is an NFT, another infinite algorithm. They have one with Mac, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> with Chetel Golid, but now this one is with Matt Kane. And it creates this beautiful artwork that is, uh, you know, in, influenced by the words that you chose to write on there, and it creates these really cool new NFTs that get minted. And so these are called etches. The cost is 0. 0.008. And once something is etched, somebody else can take a copy of that, and they, they call it lifting it for half the ether, so 0. 0.004 ether. Now, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, but so we'll be talking about this more in the future. But I wanted to bring it up now because I'm really intrigued by it. I'm intrigued about their idea of how you can lift and sort of kind of pay homage to the original etch and what kind of behavior that might emerge from that. On top of the fact that we have another world-class generative artist creating an infinite algorithm for them, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I don't have a ton on this, but the other big part is they are doing a bunch of giveaways with this. So they have some competitions. In one competition, they're giving away a Chromie Squiggle, and uh, they're also going to give away a Gazer and a Doors. And Gazers, folks, uh, so Chromie Squiggles, we just talked about, 13 and a half Ether floor. So, you know, let's call it 1400 US dollars, or sorry, 14,000 US dollars, really expensive. Gazers floor is at 35 Ether. Right, we're talking, you know, forty thousand dollars plus here. Uh, so, really, really big prizes. So, take a look at that. Check it out, and we will have more for you on Etch once I've had a chance to wrap my mind around it a bit more. And uh, I just looked it up on on Twitter. The two squiggles uh, are really, really dope. One's a pretty low color spread, and the other's a slinky. So. You know, I would argue, even though the floor is at thirteen point four, you're you're talking non floor pieces. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Next up, Jared. Other art news. A lot of botting going on, huh? Yeah, I think that this is something that's top of mind. You know, there's a, a I won't even. There was a lot of discussion on Twitter about this, and I just, you know, I think that when we we sit back and look at it, I think that this is an inevitable piece of where we are in the process. Anytime there's really large financial incentives. I think people are going to try to take advantage of the system. You know, I'm empathetic to all of the collectors out there who uh, are not able to it or have to boost gas a ton to, to get there. I, I, for full disclosure, and I'm pretty sure UP are not botting any of these releases. You know, we're just a, a typical collector like everybody else. But, you know, overall, I, I would say that I'm I have faith that platforms will start to develop you know solutions and to me this is all part of scaling and growing i know it's an unfortunate part of the business but at the same time i think we will get past it and and implement some sophisticated systems that go beyond it it's frustrating in the moment i want to acknowledge that and at the same time you know collectively we'll get past it yeah that's right and i think in some ways it's a good problem to have because there is value and interest in gen art 
that's why botters are focusing their attention here. And to Jared's point, we we don't bot. I don't even know how to bot, to be honest with you. I don't have any bots. Um, but I think that we will continue to figure out how we as a gen art community and culture want to define our anti-botting measures. There are plenty of anti-botting measures out there. We were talking about this on our spaces this week. You know, it's it's been happening in the PFP world for a while. You were talking about how it happens in in the sneaker market, right? Not even talking about Web3 or blockchain. So there this is not a new problem by any means. It's just a question of how the gen art community wants to solve it, in in my opinion. And I think probably people are coming to terms with the fact that there's no perfect solution. You know, there won't be any way to leave it completely free and open and decentralized while still uh, having bots not be there. Or, or maybe there will be, and I, I'm wrong here, but I think that you always have to choose a trade-off usually. Yeah, and I think the beauty of like the blockchain is there's this immutable ledger. People's histories, wallets' histories are, you know, basically open books. So, you know, we'll start to outsmart the bots by putting in different uh barriers for entry you know it doesn't have to be token gated or anything of that nature but you know we'll be able to have something along the lines of of creating that and even in our spaces you know a, a friend of collector's corner was talking about some you know dialogue that's happening at high levels to implement it so i'm very confident that long-term solutions are in the works it's just you know it's part of the game right now unfortunately it is. It is. And I feel for the artists and the collectors who have been impacted by this. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to monitor it. I'm hopeful here that we will find a good solution. And I, I think we will. I mean, we there, there are even some simple things like, you know, like you can't trade the NFT for a day, which would probably discourage like 90% of otters because they like wouldn't, wouldn't want to do that. You know, like the other part of this to me, and sorry to interrupt you here is, the, the botters are in it for a quick, you know, 20, 50% flip. So, you know, as a collector, if you're diligent, you know, you go out there for post-drop, you're able to pick up some of this stuff for like relatively cheap because they, they're not looking at it. I mean, the beauty of it to me is if things get botted, you know, when you're seeing 40, 50% of collections listed within the first week, I hate to say it, that's a good thing, man. You're basically being able to select some stuff. I mean, I'll probably get some heat for that comment, but you get to select stuff post reveal and and find some deals because somebody's very near sighted in in their profit margin. So, you know, to the listenership, I think you you, you look at different perspectives, turn this into a positive, and and go out and do your due diligence and start sniping some of these really really classic pieces. Yeah, exactly. And this this is the last time I'll tell my sob story of the anti-cyclone that recently sold, but that was a botter, that anti-cyclone that recently sold to seed phrase for 182 ether. Somebody had minted that for about one ether and flipped it for one and a half immediately after the drop. So to your point, you know, you could go and buy that at a slight premium, but you got to see what you wanted. Uh, whoever picked up, picked that up at one and a half. Let's move on to great art at great prices. First one I wanted to highlight here is called Shift Reality Instantly, and then in brackets, Very Powerful by Maya Man. This is, you know, I wanted to highlight this because it's a really interesting project in, in the way that the art looks. It's, it's a lot of symbols with different colors and different background colors. And so that's cool. 
in the sense of the, the variety and the aesthetic that appears from it. Uh, but it is still open to mint. There are a total of 222 and uh, only 110 have been minted. It's 55 Tez for the mint. And this is an art blocks curated artist. So I thought for 50 bucks now less, given the price of, of Tez, this could be an interesting one for folks to know about. I really like this one. I think this is a classic example of one that has to be viewed on a larger screen. When I was on my mobile, I didn't particularly feel a draw to it. But now that I'm like looking and doing the podcast on my three large screens, my TV monitors, it, it it's really cool. The patterning is beautiful and it, it, it draws you in. So I think this is one that uh, should really take it into context of how you want to view it. For sure. You want to do the next one, Jared? Yeah, of course. The next one that for great art at great prices that we really wanted to highlight was Impasto by MJ Lindau. Uh, I, I, I've started, I'm going to give him this nickname, but uh, I feel like he was, um, well, we'll just say he's, he was really a fun guy to, to meet. And at the same time, we met him in, in Marfa and had a great conversation. Amazing gentleman. Uh, he, we talked about it on the spaces that we did with Grailers. He is very, very in tune and astute to what the the collectorship wants but this was a, a grailers dow drop uh, it's currently sitting at about a 0.45 eth floor it is an incredible uh, art that's focused around nature and specifically an impressionist view of um of flowers i think it's something that uh is very easy on the eyes it's obviously not uh, art blocks or fx hash so you have to go finding it a little bit, but it's really, really great art. And for 0.45 ETH, you know, a lot of Lindau stuff on FX hash goes for more than that. So if you're looking at at that, relatively speaking, there, there's an interesting arbitrage there. But, you know, we discussed this uh, in the prep. This is a really interesting dynamic that uh, Grailers introduced is they have a, I'll call it partially curated outputs where 12, a little bit more than 12 of the outputs were actually pre-selected i think three of them came from lindau himself and the rest came from the the grailer dow that's right it was 15 total three from lindau and 12 from the dow and and so for that like i thought that was a and there's 269 pieces total so it's a small portion of it, it i think that really is a a fun twist on things uh, and i'm curious to see if projects especially gen art projects in the future are um implement something similar because you know, Lindau said he, he looked at 300,000 outputs. So to, to only pick three, they must have been really something special. It's in the metadata and it's, you know, something to track. And I think there'll be not only some collectability, but a unique tie to the artist itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just flipping through some of MJ Lindau stuff on FX hash. like uh, They're all at like a thousand Tez floor. He has lower edition sizes in general. But still, really, really fantastic. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully this stays at a, a cheap price for a while for people to pick it up, but it, it has started to move a bit uh, post-drop. The next one to talk about is Implications by Ixne OK. So this was a recent Artblocks Presents project that launched, uh, it was in late November. I wanted to highlight it for two reasons. So the floor is currently 0.31. Uh, ether, so kind of hits our great art at great prices criteria there. Although just a, about half an hour ago, it's 0.29, so it's moving a bit. 
There are 300 pieces, really interesting variety of the art on this one, Jared. I don't know how much you've taken to look at it, but if you scroll through it in OpenSea, it, uh, it is quite different, actually, a lot of the art um, in a way that, you know, when we talk about long-form generative art, we often say that it needs to have some common threads so you know that it's all the same project. This one kind of pushes that barrier a bit, but I do like the variety here, and it has a, an interesting aesthetic to me that I don't see that often, especially on the art blocks side. So I, you know, wanted to highlight it for that reason. And the other thing is that uh, the artist had 25 of the pieces reserved for 0.25 ether. I, I believe that's right. Uh, it certainly was 0.25 ether. I believe it was 25. And so it's great to see that kind of reserve mechanism being used in art blocks uh, because that's apparently now a part of their contract. So any artist launching on there can utilize their smart contract for that. And it helps with botting and it helps with collectorship. So that's great to see that. And especially on some beautiful art. Yeah, the 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 next category we'll we'll pivot into is exciting upcoming drops and and one that you know after going through Discord last night and checking this project out, it came to our attention was one you know and and I'll give credit where credits due. Rich Poole had a, a large excitement around this project. It's um, Archiplex Two, I assume by the II by Andrew Strauss. Yeah. He seems to be um, either a friend or somehow connected to to Rich, but it's a hundred piece project releasing on FX Hash. It has a Dutch auction starting at a hundred tez, and then has a resting price at twenty tez. the The artist bumped up the price a little bit, and I think for for good reason. It has me excited because. The Archiplex, the II, is a. It feels like continuation of a project that they released, uh, and I'm not sure where. But you go on the website, and there's an Archiplex without any sort of Roman numerals. Um, and the artist, uh, you know, one of their statements on the the website talks about they're into experimental illustration and printmaking, exploring graphic abstractions through algorithms, automation, automation, and robotics. So. You know, I think that the outputs are very, very attractive. I let, there's only one out there with the the palette, but this is one that definitely has my attention, and I'll be watching the Dutch auction very, very closely when this releases. Uh, right now, as of recording, it's three days and fifteen hours away, which I think we'll put it mid next week and give plenty of people time to listen to this and and go buy it. Um, just really quickly, Jared, I was I was taking a look at uh, their website and I found the uh, Archiplex ones, which are, they're fantastic. I'll, uh, we'll link this in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, really cool. Really cool. Excited for this one. Yeah. It, it, I think it has a, a ton of, um, ton of potential. And I think that, you know, when I'm looking at it, they're, they're available on object. So I don't know if these were done in small editions or whatnot, but you know, I think that this is going to be their first generative release. So I think that there's something really intriguing here. Uh, and the Archiplex, it seems like was more of the one was more black and white and it uses a lot of linear uh, delineations. This one seems to have more color. So I'm excited about it. One that is not necessarily going to have a lot of time uh, after the, the release of this recording is actually Apollo by GM Dell. Why did I bring it up? We talked about it last week, but um, I think more teasers have come out. I'm super excited about it. 
but just a, a public announcement that uh, if you were fortunate enough to hold a GM DAO token and and get uh, onto the allow list, there's only 555 pieces being created. the The allow list stops at 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. Excuse me, Pacific time, 11 Eastern, and uh, so and then public mint goes live. So anybody who was not uh, able to mint, I'm sure it'll get bonded out substantially, but. The cool thing about it is, you know, as people are minting, you know, start looking on secondary and going through that uh, that metadata. There's, I think, Saturday morning will present a lot of opportunity for people to snag really great pieces uh, as people are looking to take profits and also, um, you know, start digging into that metadata. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I sat on the spaces with the artists, so there's a lot going on, a lot in there. Go onto the website if you want some more details, but. You know, it's picking up steam and seems to be catching a lot of people's attention. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I, you know, GM Studio has a really something interesting about it that is drawing people in. And, and you know, we've talked about in the past weeks how uh, Danny's seed phrase has has swept through a lot of their work. So uh, that that's interesting. And, uh, you know, they perhaps they're really positioning themselves as the second player in the space behind our blocks. The last uh, upcoming drop to highlight... Just go really quickly. Uh, our good friend DeFi Staker from Grailers DAO, who helps us out with the the podcast, he mentioned this one called Balagan by Safir Cohen. The works in progress look really cool uh, online. We don't have much more information than that, so we won't get into it. But just uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what comes from that. We'll keep an eye on that one, and so you can go ahead and follow this artist if you like the work there and you're interested in that one. For anybody who's like an 80s baby or 90s baby, it feels like there's a lot of like nods to to kind of the, the culture between, you know, dropping in little Pac-Man-esque type figures or it looks like little Game Boys and joysticks. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of Easter eggs if you're able to dig into this thing a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I like it. It's fun. Artists to highlight our next section. I wanted to highlight Pitter Pasma. Uh, so Peter is an art blocks or Peter is probably how to pronounce apologies is an art blocks curated artist. He did sculptor, which is an interesting art blocks curated, but he also has a ton of stuff on FX hash, really cool things that, I mean, I love his art. Uh, the most recent one was, is called nano panorama. It's black and white. It's gorgeous. He had one that I, I literally cannot pronounce, uh, that was for the uh, Tezos the one year anniversary really beautiful art, very talented artist. And I think goes a little bit under the radar. So I just wanted to highlight him. The next artist is one that is more up and coming. Uh, this is Collapsar Beauty. And actually, Jared, you you put me on to Collapsar first. Uh, I didn't know about them. You mentioned a few weeks ago on an upcoming drop that we liked, uh, Nebula Solitude by them. And they followed that up with Tangentium, which is a 256 pieces at sitting at 180 Tez floor, which is I think the highest for any of their projects, but they're really cool art that reminds me a bit of QBB, almost like you have all black backgrounds and different, they look like cells or bacteria, but they're beautiful and they're, in my opinion, in the variety and the coloring. So uh, that's a cool project. And a few people have just been talking about this artist. So I wanted to highlight them as someone up and coming uh, to keep an eye on. And tangentium, like it has like a, I, I had almost had like a subscape type vibe where like there's, um, you know, almost this uh, topographic with different color variations to it. 
obviously nothing close to um subscapes itself like i said just kind of tangentially it has like the those vibes and then you know again when you're looking at 180 tes not financial advice it's not like it's gonna skyrocket but or it could but at the end of the day you know really attractive entry point especially if you're looking for those uh in my opinion subscape vibes yeah yeah for sure I mean, we, maybe we should put this as an art, an art to watch but you look at some of the holders too there's some some well-known folks in there as well um but yeah let's let's go on our our last artist to highlight artist to highlight i feel like uh it comes up on a regular basis but it's william upon it i mean in your notes here you have it's a no-brainer but you know we're just looking at the constant anti-cyclone and dragon sales um you know it there, there's something going about it and, and part of the reason why i wanted to bring up and and take the lead on the artist to highlight was his I'll call the the teasers that he has coming out on Twitter. If you're not following William, you know, please do so. His new teasers are absolutely, in my opinion, next level. I think they're absolutely stunning everywhere from uh, the the color integration, the texture, the the fluidity of the pieces. It almost feels like a, in some weird way, like a, a very hybrid approach to from dragons and anti-cyclones based on the fact of you know the the fluidity of dragons and the the coloration and texture the palettes of anti-cyclone so i'm super excited to see what that means and and what the next release will be but yeah i just i feel like there's some good things coming you're you're seeing the floors move you got seed phrase with a big buy you know mapon man it just it feels like there's a a lot of it feels like the floor is is thick on that one to hold it up the support i should say yeah that's right and the only thing i want to add about mapon i mean you know that we we love mapon he uh, is one of the few artists that i feel like every time he comes out with something new it's a little bit distinct and he's he's been crushing it i mean dragon is a top collection on fx hash anti cyclone is a top collection on um on uh, art blocks I think his bright moments, 1935, was also beautiful, really well done. He's got some one-on-ones he's released on Sotheby's and, and super rare that are all beautiful. I mean, the stuff he puts out is just really, really high quality. And uh, he's done it cross-platform in a way that I think few artists have so far. And uh, I think in some ways, it's it's odd to talk about him because people know him, but he still feels almost underappreciated to me. Or maybe not underappreciated, but undervalued. Um, you know what I'm saying. People are. It feels like still a little slept on because when you step back, you're like, "Wow, this is this is actually really difficult to do what he's doing here. Like very difficult." I feel weird to say this, but you know, for a long time you've been talking about gazers. Everybody felt like there was something like a momentum building up behind it. I feel the same thing about Mapon, uh, and I mean that in a very complimentary fashion. Like it's just, uh, you know, it's undeniable. Matt Kane has this uh, brilliance about him. You're starting to see him get the the attention and spotlight that I think he deserves. And I feel like Mapon's moment is upon us. It just, uh, my intuition tells me that there's something there. That's why we keep going back to it. It just, it, it's undeniable. In full disclosure, we're, we're both holders of a lot of his projects. So yes. Last section, art to watch. Um, the first project we want to highlight here is um hashed cities there's been some recent sales by yazin it's a smaller project i think there's like 330 of them and uh, i just think they're absolutely beautiful it, it, it embodies in my opinion 
everything that's uh, Yazin, it's generative, you get your traditional white background, black background, blueprint background, and then uh, just the absolutely amazing palette of, um, you know, that has the the blue, the red, the yellow, the, I mean, the floors on these things are obviously for that color are insane. I own one. I'm a little bit biased, but, and then at a little bit different entry point is hashed arcs. Another one of the generative projects by Yazid that has a, a pretty fun, um, I'll call it entry point, but honestly it, it being wanting to buy and acquire a few more of them, finding really, really great pieces, the, the listings are ridiculously low. So you have to be on the hunt for either one of these, um, for a long time they're very rare when they come up especially the really really beautiful ones yeah love both those projects love yazid uh so we'll uh definitely one to keep an eye on i I think i've been i've been hearing whispers let's put it that way uh for both those projects next art to watch blind gallery club so we mentioned this in our newsletter last week so what is the blind gallery club membership. So Blind Gallery was a, let's call it a project for lack of a better term on FX hash, where you got a mint pass and there was a bunch of art that you could see and you could mint one of them without knowing the artist. Uh, this was actually pioneered by Proof with Proof Grails 1, but Blind Gallery did the same thing for Tezos. Now they're creating a club, so, so I guess like an ongoing membership where you get access to these drops. Uh, anyways, that just came out today. And I think it'll be interesting to watch. Right now, it's sitting at a 300 Tezos floor, which is uh, higher than I thought. Uh, Jared and I both meant to burn our mint certificates and fumbled it. Me, because I was deathly sick with the flu. Well, not deathly, but very sick with the flu. And uh, Jared was having some technical difficulties that it made it so he couldn't he couldn't grab one. But either way, uh, you know, it's just it, it's interesting. I won't go into it too deeply, but I think it's it'll be interesting to watch and something fun to participate in. Zero idea if you could expect a financial return from this. So I would say don't expect it. Do it just for the fun and for the art and the experience. Um, but I do think it's it's one to watch and see how that project and how this pass evolves. You know, if they have some big marquee artists on there, these passes could could go to the moon as as you saw happen with proof. So uh we'll we'll have to see how that goes. And uh, to continue on for art to watch with my Yazid love, the last one is automatism. You know, this is a non-curated project, which is uh, interesting to see, but it has he, he, right sorry, now. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. You, you mean non-art blocks curated? Correct. Correct. Non-art blocks curated. Oh, thank you for the clarification. It has a 2.77 ETH floor. It's It was an art blocks factory release. And you know, you you pointed this out. It it's getting a lot of attention despite not being curated. I think that it's a really really amazing project. I love the details. I obviously love uh, Yazid, but you know, there's some really good opportunities to come in and pick up a really beautiful pieces and outputs at an attractive price. Um, you know, it's still high at roughly three ETH, but you know. Tis the season for weath bids, and and you might be able to pick up something uh, at a very attractive price. But a lot of a lot of big holders, um, you know, curated has picked up a ton of them, and they, uh, you know, to go outside of their art their their lane of art blocks curated, I think is a a big statement, and I think people will slowly pick up on this over time. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, some people have a, a lot of these and uh, Yazid is very well known and well liked. So totally agree. And I just want to say there aren't that many Artblocks curated projects that have a three ether floor. So for a factory project to have that, I, I want to run the numbers. It may be the highest of, well, maybe not the highest, but one of the highest of the factory projects. So that would be interesting to see too. Well, let's wrap it, Jared. Uh, appreciate you as always for everybody listening. You can find us at collectors underscore XYZ. Jared is at Jared underscore pause. He is the purveyor of the eight nap fund. Who's uh, making moves in the digital asset space. I'm at Aston cloud online. We appreciate you tuning in and yeah, we'll see you next week. Any parting thoughts? Uh, please give us feedback. Anything you'd like to see. We're open to suggestions. Please DM us. Tell us uh, anything that's top of mind for you. We love feedback. We love engagement. So please retweet, like whatever you got to do. Uh, we would appreciate every single gesture. And hey, for everyone who's listening to the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and release the podcast episode before releasing the tweet thread. So if you want to hear it first, listen to the podcast. Shortly after, we'll have the tweet thread. And then we'll have the newsletter with additional stories that we don't have time to cover here. So check those out. Thank you again, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.